Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. We're delighted to be here at our campus in Wexford. This is our first international campus since the university was founded in 1906. So this is a big step forward for us as an institution. Some of our sibling universities have campuses internationally in places like Oxford, England and Multipulciano in Italy. And our university has chosen Ireland and specifically Wexford as our international base. Savannah is Irish, but how is it Irish? And so some students, as I say, you know, a half a decade ago, they started to, to look at that. And we went and did archival research. We have three fantastic archives in the city of Savannah going way back. Um, and looking at records about shipping, looking at records about citizenship applications, all sorts of archives, and it's a jigsaw puzzle, and we start putting the pieces together. And here was the big bottom-line conclusion. During what we would call prime time for Irish migration into Savannah in the middle of the 19th century, the 1840s, 1850s, the Irish population in the city doubled. And if we look at the, that doubling of the population in the 40s and 50s, we reckon from archival research that about 56% of those people were born in Wexford, Ireland. And they left mainly from two ports, Wexford and from Eurasia. That, that is right? exactly right. And that's why we have this huge Wexford diaspora in Savannah, Georgia. Really a unique thing in the story of the Irish diaspora worldwide. So... The actual link began with trade. It wasn't to do with emigration at all. The Graves family in uh, New Ross, they began to trade to Savannah for timber. So there was a lot of timbering going on in the Savannah region at that point. A lot of timber stacked up on the docks in Savannah. So the first Graves vessel ever to sail from New Ross to Savannah was the original Dunbrody. 1845, it left New Ross. It was actually its first commercial voyage for the Graves family. They had just taken it. It was built in Canada. They had taken delivery of it, brought it over to New Ross, and then sent it out to Savannah, Georgia. And our students in the National Archives in Dublin found the original invoices having to do with that voyage, which is incredible. Then in 1848, I guess because we start to have a kind of emigration culture due to the famine, they stop bringing ballast, they stop bringing flint, and they start loading with passengers. The, the main reason you're here then, is it to research the history of it? Is it a history course? Can you describe sure. what the students are doing here? Yeah, please? so we actually have various pods of students here because we're more expanded now than we were. We're starting to really use this incredible campus that we have. Um, you know, we've been working with Wexford County Council and other stakeholders to build this beautiful facility. Um, so we have actually a group of students doing public health research. We have another group of students uh, who are working um, in education. These are people who are either already teaching school and getting an advanced degree in education or training to be school teachers. So we have that public health pod. We have the education pod. But the students who are with us today are all doing that Savannah research. Okay. And they're very focused. They have a particular project this time around. So they're going to deliver this Wexford Savannah story to Savannah. They're actually going to be 
placing it in okay. a wonderful new initiative in Savannah that they are better fit to talk about yeah. than I am. So April can talk to you and okay. our other students can talk to you about that. But I'll come back in a second, absolutely. Howard. So April, what have you made of the Wexford experience so far? So far it's been absolutely amazing. So being in the community Wexford, first of all, has been amazingly welcoming. The people here, we've gotten to share a lot of stories. They're very interested in what we're doing here. And so being able to be home-based here uh, over the last three weeks has been an experience I don't know that I could have duplicated anywhere else. So what we've been able to do is we've been able to combine the intersectionality of these different research methods, of the actual uh, internet things that are available to us, the archives that were available in Savannah, but then we were able to come here and access material that we just wouldn't have been able to look at any other way. Like what, for example, what has sort of whetted your appetite and has encouraged you and, and, and given you extra enthusiasm since you came here? So at the Wexford County Archives, we got to meet with Grania, and she was an amazing hostess for us over there. We were actually able to get into some of the actual periodicals from the 1800s. Yeah. Uh, the Wexford Independent was a newspaper that we delved pretty deeply into. Uh, in that one, we were able to find different advertisements for ships that were looking for passengers to go over to Savannah. Mm -hmm. And probably one of the most interesting links that we made were when we found advertisements in the beginning of the year asking if people wanted to go. Later in the year, we would find reports of successful voyages that had been made over and then letters that were reprinted from people that were writing home to their families explaining how incredible the experience had been in Savannah. I'm now joined by Hannah Longeberger. Hannah, what have you made of the uh, Irish and of course the Wexford experience so far? Again, like April said, it's just been amazing from start till now, and I know it'll continue and continue to be amazing. Um, it's really cool to just have an experience here in the town and it fully immerse yourself. You get a completely different experience um, with research, with learning, immersing yourself in the place that you are studying, and it's you. It's a fuller experience. Personally, what I've been looking at is around maybe the 1830s, 40s, up to the 60s, 70s. Who have you come across that's interesting so far? One girl that is very interesting to me is in the 1860 census, the U.S. census, we found a woman named um, Mary Burns. And she's interesting to me because she is a single woman, and she's about the age of 22, which I'm 21, so that's, it was just a per, it brought a personable... Um, connection there and I started researching her and she is living in a boarding house in Frogtown, maybe not Frogtown, but that kind of situation in Savannah and she's living with 15 other people. Um, most of them are men but it's interesting because we talk about interracial and um, just relationships between different kinds of people. The owners of the boarding house were Italian immigrants and she also had, she was boarding with two other women who were also from Ireland, um, one from Wexford, the other one I'm not sure where. But it was really cool to find a young woman traveling by herself that ends up not working as a boarding house owner, which we've previously, previously seen, but has a job as a milliner, a hat maker, in, in boarding um, there and just seeing that dynamic and how that looked. Have you f charged her journey fully now, or do you know what happened to her? We haven't um, found... 
there's still research to be done and we haven't found everything with her. We're looking through documents and it's always hard to know if names have changed. Or and Again, she's single and I haven't been able to find a husband, so I don't know if her name has changed, but there's still work to be done there. <laughs> so it's exciting times, isn't it, really? Do you miss being, do you miss home? Have you, have you settled in here? I am very comfortable in Wexford. I do miss home a little bit, but, and I'm going to be happy to go back and see my family and see that. But Wexford Town specifically has been such a comfortable, it's, it's slow paced, but not so slow that there's nothing to do. It's exciting to get out, see the shops, talk with the people, and everyone is so friendly here. So it's been a very comfortable place to stay. I have come back and talk to me again, because I know when the listeners hear this piece, they'll all be asking me, what happened to Mary? Did you find out more? So you, <laughs> you better complete that journey for us. Yes. Um, it would be great to find more on her. And again, I, you got to just sit down and be willing to look through the documents until you find something. So You will. I don't doubt about it. Yes. That would be a joy to come back and be able to tell more about her and, and find her story. And it would just be really cool to see even where she goes. If she stays in Savannah, if she leaves, it'd be interesting. There's a book in this as well. Yeah, <laughs> see how far we can get. <laughs> I've got Sam and Callie here now with me. We've just heard there from uh, uh, Hannah, and we've heard from April, and we've heard from um, the main man himself, and we'll come back to him in just a second, Howard. But uh, Sam, right, Sam, uh, your journey here, then, uh, and what you've made of your experience in Wexford so far. I absolutely love Wexford. Honestly, I didn't have any expectations coming in. So when we got here, they were like, oh, make sure you talk to people. Make sure you go out explore, figure out what's going on. And it's been amazing. The amount of people I've met and I'm like, hey, so we're actually here studying like immigration. Mm -hmm. And then they have something to tell me or they're interested in the work we're doing is just incredible. So are you working more on say the specifics of the economic link rather than what we've just heard there about Mary's story? Are you looking on personal stories as well? I'm looking at personal stories um, as well, though I am focusing on my woman's employment, sorry. Her name is uh, Catherine Swift. She was from Wexford as well. Um, Her maiden name was Murphy. When she immigrated, uh, she ended up getting married to her husband, John Swift, but he died in 1876. And in order to take care of herself and her four children at the time, she ends up running a boarding house. This is Callie. Hi. We love Callie. Callie is a bio major and essentially one of my best friends on this trip. Yes. Have you just become friends because of this trip or had you met before? We knew each other before. We met through a friend named Katie. We met through her. She was in one of my biology classes and she was actually, Sam was the one who told me about this trip. I was sitting in the library studying with a friend named Claire and she was there. She's like, hey, you should come on this trip. They need more people. Come along. We'll do research. It'll be a great time. And I was like... Hmm, that doesn't sound too bad. I think I'll do it. I applied, I made it, and now I'm here, and it's been one of the greatest opportunities I've had. And what was your level of expectation, and was it matched when you arrived here? It exceeded everything. Really? I, um, when I first came, I was like, okay, we're going to do research. We're going to do it on Irish Dice War to Savannah. I knew that, and I was like, you know what? That sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. I have some family that's part Scottish and some that's part Irish, so when I came here, I'm like, I'm all down for research, anything that will give me an opportunity, hands-on research, whatever it may be. And I came here, and it exceeded everything by my expectations. I didn't even think that we'd have a facility here. I didn't think that we'd have such a great team of people working together and getting to go to the different sites. I didn't even expect that either, and getting to go to the documents, look through actual old newspapers. It's been so enthralling, and it's in, gosh, it's exceeded everything. 
and I'm just I'm very thankful. Are you monitoring a particular person as well then at the moment? Are you charting someone? I am. I too am also tracking a woman's story. Her name is Mary Pounder. She is from Wexford and so is her husband Richard Pounder. Her husband actually owned some land in Anascorthy and he and her wife, well him and his wife, they left that area because he wasn't being paid enough. I found documents called petty court cases about him pleading for more money. They weren't paid enough, so they left. And they didn't take your usual route from Wexford to Savannah. They went over to Liverpool, New York, then Savannah. And I found them again in the 1860 census. And Mary is labeled, labeled as a tailoress, which is really weird and very unique. So I've been tracking her story ever since, and it's been very intriguing. I still have a lot more research to do, but I'm very excited for where it's going to take me. This work will actually be displayed to the public in a museum-type So there will, be, there will be a finale to it? We there will, will be a finale, yeah. Yeah. and okay. you know, we have, in Savannah is one of the most visited cities in the United States. Yeah. We have an extraordinary visitor number that uh, Board Fulcher would love to have, which is uh, we have about 15 million discrete visitors a year in Savannah. So even if a tiny portion of those visitors get to this museum, um, they will be exposed to these Wexford stories. I think as human beings, we're all interested in real life stories. We can relate yeah. to these women and we can learn from their history, and yeah. as everybody has said around the table, we have here a unique history. This is something that is nowhere else, this relationship between this community here in the county of Wexford yeah. and our coastal city of Savannah, Georgia, and we are proud to tell that story. It was a story that had been lost, and I always feel when we're sitting in this beautiful facility that somehow the ancestors, all these women that our students have been speaking about, I feel they have a little, they've been helping us to get to this point. I feel their spirit. Oh, I feel their spirit here 177 years later. Yeah, I really do. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.